Welcome to this episode of the Skiff Meetings Podcast, the podcast for curious professionals embracing the future of business events. My name is Miguel Nevsh, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Skiff Meetings. In this episode titled Business Needs Before Meeting Design, I have the pleasure of speaking with Eric Tachut, managing partner and meeting designer at MindMeeting. We cover things like the six reasons to use meetings, which are different to the objectives of the meetings, why understanding people is so important to meeting design, the importance of combining different ways of thinking to become a better meeting designer, why meetings need more well-being and physical activity in them, and why boards need to be involved in meeting design. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation. I invite you to check out the other episodes of the podcast. You can find these on our website or by subscribing through your favorite podcast service. Now for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. Hello, uh, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Eric Tehut today uh, on the Event Manager Podcast. Eric, welcome. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Miguel. So, Eric, uh, we've known each other for, I'm going to say, about 12 years, something like that. Um, but for people that yeah. don't know you, can you take us um, a little bit through your, your journey? How did you uh, find this thing called the meetings or the events industry? And uh, mm. and how did you develop you know, through the years? Yeah. All right. Now, well, um, it's it's a long story, of course, but I'll I'll, I'll cut it short. I did some um, I, I studied medicine for about six weeks. So if if you have a disease starting with an A or a B, I can help you, and that's that's <laughs> going to be it. Um, then I found drama school really interesting. So I started studying drama, becoming a drama uh, educator, and that turned into being an actor. And as an actor, I got invited to do openings at conferences, um, um, at openings of museums, etc. There was an, an there was an event agency that that hired me to do that. Okay. And so I got into into what meetings are like, and mm-hmm. I was fully, totally surprised about how boring they were. Coming from the coming from the theater, you know, on the rehearsal floor, anything is possible, and then you step into the floor of business meetings, and then suddenly nothing is possible. I mean, that that was totally astonishing. I thought these are bright people; they have money, they have goals, they are targeted people. Uh, uh, why do they do this? And that surprise, I'm I'm still surprised up up till today. Why? So little is possible in the, on the meeting floor. Why people don't just celebrate life and and really meet and really build upon that? So um, uh, then we discovered that in the in the meetings industry, um, uh, the organizer was designer at the same time, which is strange because 
in architecture, for instance, you have an architect and you have a building, a construction company, but in the meetings industry by then, and I'm talking about 30 years ago, uh, the, the organizer, the event agency was doing the design as well. Mm-hmm. And we said, we don't, we don't want to do that. You need two types of brains for this. The organizer needs to be very organized. And the designer needs to have these fantasies and needs to, to think out, out of the box or without any box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that brought us on the path of, of considering meeting design as a separate profession. And that's what I still do today. And when did you make that leap to kind of, you know, being the designer or assume assume that role? Well, pretty quickly because uh, I I I got I got I, I'm getting bored really quickly by having to be too organized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it just wasn't me. I needed someone doing that for me. That okay. was pretty easy. So uh, and then finding someone who was doing that really well. Uh, then there's no question, and you, you you don't even realize that it works like this in the beginning. Yeah. So that came pretty quickly. And so, what do you do today? Well, what we do is um, uh, we we get invited by by those people in big organizations that somehow think my meeting needs really needs to do something uh, instead of it needs to be. It needs to be, it's, it has to have an effect. Mm-hmm. And by, if, if we have that wish, they tell us if, uh, then the, uh, the way it will, it will, it will develop, uh, needs to be special, but we don't know how, how to do that. Okay. Um, and that's the point where they say, we need someone who's, who's totally focused and, and, and uh, in, into how these mechanisms of getting people together, how they work, and how you can influence this, really? and that is where it's where it all starts. And that's usually the uh, like a leader, someone in a leadership role within a company yeah. or an association. Yeah. So not so much the event organizers or the agencies or people like that. Well, sometimes it has developed, of course, over the years. Now, some some agencies recognize that they have to have experts in that specific field. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it is just an assi- an assistant of the CEO who says, "Come on, I'm going to advise my CEO to <laughs> to think a bit out of the box, a bit further, because uh, I know that he's not he's not satisfied with." The, the the last annual management meeting something needs to change someone that recognizes that their skills are not there and they need somebody with yeah. other skills to, yeah. to do that yeah. yeah and in the end you need to talk to uh to to the big guy or or yeah. guy in uh f- male and female of course yeah um so because they have to make the decisions they have the wish they can they can say yes or no and uh, that, that is you have to have them on board Exactly. So you need that connection to the decision maker, um, yeah. whoever yeah. that is, or yeah. that may be. The yeah. Group. yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have a business partner, Mike from the Fiverr, who you've also written yeah. books with. Um, you have a company together, Mind Meeting, right? So he does similar things. He yeah, also comes from an acting meeting, background, yeah. right? So there's a there's a, a similarity Mike? there. Yeah. Mike, no, 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 not at all. Not at no, all. Not okay. at all. No, 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 no. It's interesting because I know him from uh, the, from high school. Okay. 
So we met when I was 14. He was 14. He was a swimmer. He was doing really good at school. Uh, he started studying biology. I did different things. I started traveling after medical school. I did some traveling. Uh, he developed as a as a conference interpreter uh, okay. after bio, doing biology, and then we got interested in each other's professions. Um, I mean, uh, the translation of what people really want to say is is fascinating, and in mm -hmm. a way, it is. It is a bit, uh, uh, th there's a connection with meeting design because you want to translate at, as well what a meeting owner wants to achieve and translate that into formats, into a program that makes sense. So, but that is, that is a connection that I can see now. Uh, by then, we just wanted to have a company to celebrate our friendship. He was <laughs> married. Uh, he lived in Italy. Uh, I lived in the Netherlands. We wanted to do something together. Okay. And that developed into mind meeting. Really interesting. Yeah. So, and you and you work on a lot of projects together, or yes. Well, now by now he lives in Taipei. Okay. Uh, he and uh, our our sister company there, uh, Orange Gibbon, is developing the market in uh, Taiwan. Okay. And in a couple, couple of other Asian countries, so I see him a lot online. And we don't yeah. do projects together anymore in in that sense. Yeah. You write the books book together. Was, that book was a great brick big project i really enjoyed that okay and we had this so, long session yeah so your your company name in the netherlands the vet van thomas what does that yeah. mean i mean i tried <laughs> literally translated it just means that was thomas right or something like that but thomas's what is law it means yeah okay yeah that was a guy uh in in the last century that's a soci sociologist mm -hmm. that wrote about first wrote about uh, uh how, how group how groups work okay and his his um discovery was it and which is in the uk pretty special to realize is that a group of blue color workers and a group of professors if you if you see what the mechanisms are that are steering what they do as a group these mechanisms are the same Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, everybody thought in in uh, coming from the Middle Ages, we think that well-educated people they do things a lot more elaborate than people that don't that that are not educated. And he he said, "There's no difference." And this Mister uh, Mister Thomas uh, wrote a book about this, and uh, and I thought, thinking about the name, okay, this is interesting. My my profession is about group dynamics as well mm -hmm. so i call it the, the thomas's law the vet van thomas that, that's fascinating so is it is it about the group dynamics in terms of how people interact so it doesn't, doesn't yes on the level of education on on the, the kind of the types of interaction and how people reach decisions yeah. kind of thing? they they use they use different they use different uh vocabularies yeah uh oh i've got this this great thing <laughs> yeah. now i remember I, I I did a I did a this is one one of my I'm 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 proud about uh, I'm proud about what, what I'm about to tell you now here that that was about the subconscious mm -hmm. uh, the subconscious how you can, how can you use the subconscious in um, safety on the work floor and we had all these CEOs from these big oil and gas companies in the in the room. Mm -hmm. So we thought we have to do something that makes 
makes them really sort of astonished, flabbergast them. So what we did uh, is we had this, um, uh, there was a path they had to go from the parking lots to the meeting venue. And on that path, we had this little, there was this little sign saying, please turn off your telephone. Please turn off your telephone because we in this venue, we like, we like you to really connect and not, not go to your screen. This is, if you don't want to do this, is this okay? But this is our, 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 uh, our proposal to you. That was a really nicely designed sign. Mm -hmm. And then there was a student checking how many people actually picked up their phone and put them on, on, uh, on silent mode because that was what the sign said. And we really had, we, we had the data. And then after about 20 minutes, after 50 to 60 people passed, we um, had the, this little sign and we uh, wrote a couple of dirty words on it and a bit of graffiti. We, we somehow, we made it uh, uh, looking less, uh, yeah, you understand, uh, less nice. Yeah. Less and then sociology says... If this happens, then people get this subconscious sign. Uh, rules don't apply here. Yeah. Right? So, and we kept on uh, taking notes about how many people actually picked up their phone, turned it on silent mode. And there was a huge difference. Okay. Yeah. So now my opening in that conference, I moderated that conference as well. I said, well, I explained it. You are all these guys. You you know how to, how to deal with... Uh, a request, official request, right? You, because you're well educated, which is totally different from the people that you work for, your employees. You have to teach them how to do this. You, you, you don't. And then I showed this sign, and I exactly said what happened. I said, now I don't know the percentage, but at first, about sixty percent of the people picked up their phone and turned it off, and then after this, it changed into twenty-six percent. Yeah, and they were really silent. Like, okay, all right. So we, in in a way, we are the same. We are, we are reacting the same on such a simple sign. Yeah, you you can find uh, uh, an uh, an experiment like this in in many uh, books on mass psychology and, and yeah. I think I've read one which is the the broken windows experiment. I believe which is mm -hmm. um, suggesting that in neighborhoods that are less, uh, you know, when buildings are uh, more broken and there's broken windows in certain neighborhoods, those neighborhoods experience much more burglary and much more oh, yes. crime. Than more where crime. Oh, yeah, yeah. If people, you know, the same yeah. level of uh, financial income, et cetera, if people take care of the houses and make them look nice, then they have much less crime. It's yeah. It's exactly the same mechanism, Miguel, exactly. And um, uh, the tipping point is writing about this in New York when they started to clean up the, uh, the subways, the tubes. Yeah. Then the rates of, of criminal behavior dropped dramatically. It's the same. It's the yeah. same. So exactly. there's no... I, I proved in an instant there, in that, in that design, that there's no difference between CEOs yeah. well-educated academic CEOs and people on the work floor. Um, really so that, yeah, that was interesting because it, that, that particular moment gave me four years of work in the oil and gas industry. <laughs> the, yeah, really, it did. 
It did. We ended up sending sending people to uh, oil uh, and gas um, um, working places uh, to to keep things safe and doing experiments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. A lot of really work came out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fascinating. The how specific moments um, cause such an impression that yeah. I think that yeah. in, in in whoever was hiring's mind you became that person that that could do something or your company became the, the company that could yeah, solve yeah. a certain issue right so um so many questions already just from that introduction but thank you for sharing that <laughs> one thing that i have yeah. is how do you train right because this is um i know of some courses but i also know your career is very multifaceted so how do you mm. how do you become a meeting designer or how did you become a meeting designer because there's there isn't mm. really one curricula right that it isn't a sort of certified no, you you have no. to have your diploma as a lawyer or something like that where no. you have to practice no. so you become all. and it's so multifaceted how did you go about it yeah that's good if i would know the answer then uh I would have started an academy. Well, it's difficult, I know, because at the same time, we, we don't have to overcomplicate it because uh, it is a profession. And uh, the same question applies to people that do in industrial design. How, how do you do this? I mean, uh, it's, it's a lot about um, uh, combining different ways of thinking. Uh, so I, I, I told you I studied medicine, so I, I, had, I have this... Uh, uh, a science background um, in, in a way only if it was six weeks uh, that, that proves that my mind is in a way scientific I want to understand things and at the same time I've been an actor so I want to go let, let go of my fantasy if, you, if you're able to, to combine these things in many professions uh, that, is, that is key I think you, ha you have to um, the, the training is quite often about the work itself. The work itself trains you. And what you do in the work is you try to understand, you try to analyze, and at the same time, you, you let go. And you listen to the voices that you, the, and the images that pop up and try to translate that into actual programs. Um, now, that is that is more uh abstract answer to your question i think but uh that that is i've i've heard this this great on one of the meetings that i've done uh there was a conference there was a minister a dutch minister and he said the the future of professionalism is that people need to do at least two studies at the same time two very different studies and he gave a couple of examples people that do rocket science and are ballet dancers at the same time. Um, this guy, um, uh, the guitarist of the, of, uh, Queen, you know, mm -hmm. you know, Brian Bay. yeah. Yes. He's, he's, uh, a scientist as well. Yeah. He's doing 3d imaging in, uh, astronomy. And he's, nice. he's, he, he wrote a book about this and nice. what, what a guitarist he is. I mean, this is an example of a guy who developed two streams of consciousness at the same time. Yeah, fascinating. So, that, that kind of idea that you you need to have, I guess, study different areas, but also different types of thinking that go into different um, yeah. activities, right? That's yeah. really, really important. Well, we, we, we all know medical doctors that 
that you encountered sometime and then you think gosh guy you you need you're just a doctor you need to be more you need to be a human (laughs) (laughs) and how how do you become a human by doing different things Uh, go gardening go whatever i mean (laughs) yeah so yeah i think that's that's a, a bit complicated answer to your question but uh but I think it, it it illustrates it very well in the sense that there isn't a, a single path. And maybe right. that's part of the magic of the role, but also the challenge of the role. Yeah, um, it is. And sometimes yeah, I feel like yeah. it's a little bit like um like an artist. Uh, you know, if yeah, you want is. an artist to build a statue or to do some sort of installation for a building or a museum, you probably don't know what the final outcome is going to be, right? Mm. You're, the artist does something and then sometimes people love it, sometimes people hate it. But it, it, do you think that your work is similar to to sort of an artist? Oh, yeah, you... it is. It is. Yeah, it okay. is applied. It is applied art. <laughs> okay. And that is what people, if if they think about it, that is exactly what they ask you. Now come up with something that we can't think of. Yeah. And this is the problem, and the, the problem is very specific. This is what we want to achieve. Yeah. And analyzing the demands and the wishes of the client is a big, big part of the work. Yeah. You, 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 you need to do diagnostics here. You and need to, get to, the, to them, get to the source to of the, the problem. Core right? of, okay, guys, this is what you want. All right. And then, and then, Quite often in that process of of diagnosing, uh, the first images pop up already. Okay, okay, right. This is what you say. Now, now we could do this. We could do that. Yeah. yeah. And and when you sort of present your solution, do you often have people expect, uh, you know, a conference agenda or something like that? You know, can you can you kind of write it down on a piece of paper, and what you're presenting is something very different. To what they're expecting, um, you know, does that happen? And how do you manage that kind of contrast yeah. and expectations? Well, uh, the manage- management of the expectation happens in the diagnostic phase. Okay, uh, you show them that uh, you follow a methodology of analytics, uh, asking specific questions. And the good thing is, if you do that and you make that a pretty intense session, then they start thinking differently themselves already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, a, uh, for instance, an, uh, an exercise that we do is called the experience concept. And we ask them to give us, uh, to give us uh, verbs. What, what do you want the, what do you want the uh, participants actually do? Come up and uh, come up with any verb that pops up in your head. That's what I say to the CEO. And they start saying, okay, we want them to talk. We want them to do this, 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 this. And then a long, long list uh, comes up, is created. And then from then I say, we're going to bring it back to six verbs that are really crucial. And then from those six verbs, we create an image together that is somehow embracing everything, something that we all know. Like a family, is it a family dinner that you actually want, that that you want to do? Is it uh, a funeral? Is it? Uh, and then you get all these strange answers, really, really wonderful answers. Uh, uh, I remember, I remember uh, a CEO of an association that we did this exercise with, and he said, in the end, he said, 
oh my goodness, I want my conference to be that specific week that I did as, as a Boy Scout. And that was a specific um, Boy Boy. It's it's in scouting. They he I remember that he told us about uh, going to Norway. The two of them, so a Boy Scout, a bit older, like sixteen years old. That's that's what they do. They go to Norway and they have to keep alive for for a week on their own. <laughs> said, in fact, in fact, I want my conference to have that exactly that atmosphere. Okay. And that was a, a great thing for him to discover. Wow. So now it's, that happens sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't happen, of course. And then uh, the, the, the thing you have to do is you have to use the same words in explaining your design, the mm -hmm. words that they used, mm -hmm. and focus all the time on this is what we're going to do to achieve this. So it's not it's not like like we've we've learned not to be like a, uh, an advertisement advertisement company that will will present a concept saying oh we we're gonna present you the concept and the concept is uh, wood and anything that we're gonna do in the ads is connected to wood because that's so beautiful no no that's that's not good enough it's not about a, a some sort of concept that only exists in my head as a designer. I have to find the concept that exists in their head, but they don't know it yet. And then show all the time why all the different steps in the in the design will lead to the uh, will lead to the result that they want. And then they go. For, then then they follow it. That's fascinating. It does sound like you're you throw away the box right from the first phase when you're when you're uh, yeah. inquiring oh, yeah. right so you kind yeah. of make sure that yeah. the box is yeah. completely out of the window and then you yeah. kind of build together yeah yeah you, you can do these little experiments saying okay i'm, I'm gonna say a few things and then just react mm -hmm. and i need to know i need to know what you think is really strange and what you think is really interesting so yeah. how about um how about giving all our uh, attendees uh, a black hat with a little speaker in it what do you think about this? Is that possible? Yes or no? If I come up with an idea like this, are you going to say you're, you're crazy or are you going to say, well, explain me, why should we do this? And I say, it's, whatever, you, whatever your answer is, it's okay. And then they say, well, a black hat with a little speaker in it. Well, if you have, if you really have a good reason to do that, then we want to hear it. And then I know, okay, that's possible. Mm -hmm. There are possibilities in that direction. That's interesting. <laughs> and, and is that are you sort of testing to see if if there is budget, if there is willingness, if there is openness? Is that what you're doing there? Yeah, I want I want to discover how uh, um, what what their borders are. In their heads, in uh, mm -hmm. what they what they find, what what is normal, what is just outside of the normal, but still interesting, and what is what is really not done. Yeah. And I may I learned that by by mistakes. Yeah. We had these advocates, and there were there was that many years ago, and we sat there and we want to go to a swimming pool with all of you, because guys, you if you want to work together. You need to to bond in a really different way. 
so we're going to go to um, uh, to a swimming pool. We're going to give you swimming lessons all together. Mm-hmm. Boys, girls, males, females. And this is a, people, a group you know? of lawyers? Lawyers, yeah. yeah. Very prestigious lawyer firm. Yeah. And then and then we say we're gonna we're gonna uh, let you sleep overnight in a big big hall, and we build all these different beds, and every bed's gonna have a light, mm-hmm. and then we give you nice books, and you all can read together, and then in the morning there's gonna be breakfast, and then they said no way, <laughs> 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 and then yeah. I found that somehow really frustrating because we thought it was a really good idea but later i understood my goodness this is this was ridiculous i should we should have we should have diagnosed it a lot better okay so interesting thanks so, for sharing that i think it's always good to learn also from failures and kind of understand oh, what, yeah. what was oh, wrong yeah. and, and how you kind of can improve on that Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the book. You've written a book yep. with your longtime business partner, Mike van der Fiver. Um, Martin Sirk was also involved. He's been on the podcast, yep. so we've, we've talked with him as well. Oh, good. Yep. Meetings by default or by design. Um, and I guess the first thing that strikes me is you wrote another book before, The Into the Heart of Meetings, which is yeah. much more um, of, a, of a kind of prose book. It's much more kind of long form. And this yep. book has gone for very much a practical approach of you, I think you say in it, don't don't read the book from start to finish. Figure out yeah. which bits you 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 want to learn about and jump yeah. in. That yeah. strikes me as a very different approach. Um, could you tell me a little bit about the process of of getting here? Do they just complement each other, or do you feel yeah, like they, yeah yeah okay. yeah that's that's the right word. Uh, Into the art of meetings is is really meant to uh, inspire people on the path of design thinking. And we thought uh, there's so many things in life that get designed. Um, meetings are not. So let, let us explain why meetings should be designed and how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was into the heart of meetings. And it inspired lots of people to, to start in terms of designing meetings. But then we discovered that you can't expect anyone to be a designer. Uh, especially not meeting owners. So let's make it very practical for them. If you're responsible for a meeting or a series of meetings and you have this feeling of a certain aspect of this needs to be improved, then you have to go to some resource saying, okay, what what can I do about this? And that's the book. So it's 40, 40 different topics that we can imagine a meeting owner thinks, uh, uh, wow, my networking, it should, it, it, I, I feel it could, be, it could be better somehow. Or, or how I produce and I, how, how we create this meeting as a team. Something's mm-hmm. going not well enough. 
or uh, the end. We're struggling, always struggling with how to end a meeting. How, what, 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 what do you need to do there? Yeah. So these are the 40 different things. And that's Fair. why you, ha- yeah, you have to be fueled by a wish of improvement. And then you go to that chapter. Mm-hmm. And then you have to start doing things because, well, that's, that's the story of, of meeting design. Meetings need to change things. Otherwise, it's going to be entertainment. Now, the book is not entertainment. It is, it is activating people. So do something. Do you, are the books for the same audience? No, 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 no. Okay. I think that Into the Heart of Meetings is more, is more interesting for people that have more, maybe an academic approach or, or a, a, des, yeah, a design approach. People that do design in different, in different fields and think, oh, meeting design, what is that? No, let's, mm-hmm. let's read about this. And, um, we, we hope that the uh, meetings by default or by design will find its way into into the libraries of uh, of boardrooms, board board members that say, okay, mm-hmm. we spend so much money on meetings, and somehow they just there's there are different things and, and different reasons why they just don't deliver. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 read the book. Let's pick that chapter there. And then start doing it. Yeah. Because I was kind of thinking that Into the Heart of Meetings was more the boardroom book. And, oh, yeah. And uh, Meetings by Default or by Design was more the planner manual, in a sense. And that maybe the boardroom could read Into the Heart of Meetings and go, actually, we need to. And then the planner could pick this up and kind of take some meetings, some ideas. Maybe I'm <laughs> getting that completely <laughs> wrong, but this feels much <laughs> like, much, like a much more practical approach where a planner that, yes, is more focused on logistics, but as you said, not every um, meeting has a designer involved, but at least if you inspire planners to do better networking, to think about stage presence better, to do endings better, et cetera, then Mm -hmm. maybe you're chipping away at better design, even if you're not solving the whole issue. Would that be fair? Yeah, it could work like this. However, um, each chapter has uh, a piece of advice which is called do now something mm-hmm. that you re- re- can do uh, even if the meeting is two or three or four weeks away and there is the next level advice and the next level advice always demands uh, a decision on on a high level yeah um so that is that is exactly something that a board member uh, really a meeting on should read and say okay i'm going to reorganize this part of of my of our meeting uh, uh, and uh, make it more uh yeah improve it and that's that's not that's not in a way not a practical thing but there's a decision that needs to be taken first and after that decision they can go to the next level uh, so that especially that part is is board level i think yeah i think interesting um yeah, I think at the board level, I think also there needs to be some sense of practicality. And um, I think maybe you can also inspire different parts of um, the board. You know, maybe the board level thinks they yeah. know how to do meetings, but maybe they need a, a better way to end meetings, as you suggested. Yeah, That could be yeah. a way to start yeah. thinking about meeting design and then you know, mm. kind of working your way back in many ways. It's interesting, what- uh, Miguel, because 
uh, we, we see uh, the sales developing on, on the Amazon website. And sometimes people order uh, both books together. Mm-hmm. And um, Into the Heart me- of Meetings really describes meetings as a very specific form of communication. And quite often on board level, people don't realize this. They have, they say we have a, this whole design department internally for anything that has been printed or published online. And they have a whole crew for this. Mm-hmm. And for meetings, they only have an organized, an, an event, an event department that do all the logistics. But there's no designer involved there. And after reading the book, they they gonna into the heart of meetings. They are gonna understand. <laughs> all right, meetings are is are different. You have to think different about meetings, and uh, and then afterwards they could go to meetings by default or by design. Think okay, now I understand that is different. Now what do I have to do then? Interesting. So there's yeah. a yeah very conscious kind of journey that 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 you're hoping that people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. One of the things that the kind of, you know, overarching theme of the book is this idea that meetings have to happen for a reason. And and you have six specific reasons or six specific yeah. sort of, yeah. Yeah. I think, ideas that have to be there to, to kind of build a meeting around. Um, could you maybe just go into um, the six or at least kind of explain why six and sort of what happens if something is is outside of this do you, do you kind of try to yeah. push things in or do you exclude things how does that no, work no 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 what we what we what we've worked on on this concept is because um uh, again meetings are a specific form of communication so why why should you use it uh there's a reason to use a meeting and we identified six different reasons to deliberately focus on on having a meeting executed in terms of communication uh, and um, for instance uh, giving an overview of information is a meeting is not not specifically suitable for giving an overview of information a book is a lot better a journal is a lot better a documentary is a lot better you don't use a meeting for this that's not a reason to have a meeting <laughs> now there are six that are specific, they have a specific uh, bearing on uh, on why you should have a meeting. The first is networking. Networking doesn't work reading a book or making a phone call. A phone call is okay, but it is just one-on-one. So uh, a television broadcast as a, as a form of communication doesn't give you any networking. Even online meetings, are, are not too good for networking. That's what we discovered. But face-to-face meetings, that is why you do... Uh, why, uh, that, that, that is a way networking is, uh, is stimulated. So that's the reason to do it. It's not, it's not the objective. An objective is, different, is a different set of standards. Uh, you have to talk, okay, if you talk about an objective, then you say, how, what, what, what kind of networking do we want? And... How do we quantify this? So we, are we, well now we talk about the six reasons to choose for a meeting as a form of communication. Networking is one. Motivation is one. Motivation works perfectly well face-to-face. It works pretty well online, but it's, 
you you can you can get motivated by reading a journal, but motivation works a lot better if you're under the same roof with a large group of people. So learning is one. Uh, if you want people to learn something, uh, doing that in a meeting will stimulate it beyond doing it on your own or or from a book. You need to have other learners around you. That works really good. Mm-hmm. Now, decision-making, um, that's a special one. That's also a reason. Sometimes just people get together, have a meeting to take decisions. And it works, it works good because the exchange of arguments, you need to be in the same room. Even neuropsychologists are saying that smells and hormones play a role in this communication. You have to be close to people to smell what their intentions are. Mm-hmm. So that's why meeting is good for it. Now, alignment is another one. Alignment in terms of uh, sharing the same goals, sharing the same uh, direction, uh, uh, thinking the same about certain concepts. You have to be in the same room. And last but not least, there's also a reason coming from a feeling of uh, having having to have a ritual. Sometimes a meeting is just a ritual. Just because we are humans, we celebrate New Year, and then we come together. Why do we do this? Just because we're human. There's no objective there. There's no... It's, that's that's the reason. You know, these sparrows, these, these great video images of all these sparrows flying, and they form all these shapes in the air. Why do they do this? Do they have an objective here? No, they just do that because they're sparrows. <laughs> now, we sometimes... Sometimes we have meetings because we are humans, and that's perfectly fine. Now, we use these six reasons to uh, talk to, to the CEO, to the, the, to the commissioning party, to say, okay, what's, what's going on? Do, do you want a ritual, or do you want people to learn? Is what's, what's your reason to have this meeting? If you, if you don't have a reason, then go, go print a journal or make a video or a, or a film or something else yeah and do should the meetings have more than one reason or do you like to kind of identify the the one reason no it's almost always multiple reasons so we ask them and that's an exercise that we do divide 100 100 points over these six reasons mm-hmm. And it's astonishing what kind of conversations that question leads to. <laughs> That's a whole that, meeting that, in itself, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the CEO said, oh, obviously, we're having our annual management meeting uh, to network. Uh, so I give it 80 points. And mm-hmm. then there's a silence in the group. And then he said, so our learning is not too important. I give it 10 points and, uh, that's, uh, and then uh, 10 points to uh, alignment. And then I say, okay, thank you. Uh, now, is there anyone in the group who wants to comment on this? And then the, the CFO, whatever, in the group says, my goodness, you, you think this is only for networking? <laughs> I have a totally different idea about this. This is about learning. We want the, our management meeting to be a strong, strong learning experience for all our management. They need to learn where how to do things a lot better. That's why. And then this beautiful conversation bursts into flames here. (laughs) 
And then, and then they exchange their arguments. And in the end, they say, okay, now, now we agree. It is indeed about alignment. That is actually what we want. Now, you can understand how important that conversation is. If you, if you don't have this, then you come up with a design mm -hmm. or an idea. You say, we're going to do this and this. And then people feel, well, well, this is not what I want. I mean, I want blah, blah, blah. So that's why it's so important to, to have a really good start and really in-depth start. Fascinating. Yeah, I think uh, the reasons are, are yeah always good to refer back to. Fascinating. Um, Eric, thank you so much for, for taking us through this. Um, I want to ask you one last thing um, to that kind of adds up to this or kind of maybe mm. puts it in perspective, which is really about the future. Um, I know mm. that um, you have a lot of very strong ideas of what meetings should look like. And obviously, meetings are very different depending on size, scope, etc. But if, if you had your way, if you could change the way a standard meeting, um, you know, you choose size and scope is designed and is put together and is executed, what would that look like in the future? Let's say five, 10 years from now. Um, and in particular, mm. I'd like to, you know, if you could highlight the things that would be different. Pooh, that's a big question, Miguel. Do you... <laughs> Well, I mean, you don't have to have a full picture, but if you have some ideas of, of yeah. what, and I guess what I'm really asking is, what would you like to see change in meetings mm. in general? Mm. Mm. Well, that's, that's, that's uh, for, for the first question, I, I'm going to need a day. Gonna, <laughs> You're going to need a, a, whole, a whole session about that one question. Well, in, in, in a way, what I could say is read the book, and the book is, is, it consists of 40 40 different things that we think could really improve. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's, that's an elaborate answer here. Um, uh, your, your second, what, what, should, what should be changed? Is there, is there a specific thing that needs to be changed? Uh, yes, uh, what, I, what I feel is that it, it sounds a bit obvious, but uh, there need to be more health in meetings, just more health. Uh, just the other day, I was in the south of Germany for uh, a meeting. They gave me a call three weeks before it starts. It was executed, and they say we have we have forty five minutes in the end to uh, to uh, to activate people. And I came there and I I did a proposal, and we did that. And then I observed that whole meeting, and these guys, three hundred management. Uh, people from a production company, high-level people, big, big worldwide company, they had them sit on chairs for hours and hours. And then only the last 45 minutes, they were able to walk around and do, do things. I mean, that's not healthy. It's not healthy personally. It's not healthy for the organization. It's not healthy in terms of business goals. Uh, it's not healthy in terms of harvesting everything that these people have in their minds. And it was only healthy for the board members who, after COVID, had gathered hours and hours of messages that they just want to spit over their management. Mm -hmm. And they feel relieved, but these 300 managers, they felt devastated. I mean, so health is, yeah. is a big thing. Uh, so and health in you, the sense of well-being and taking care of the kind of, I guess, the well-being of the attendees and the participants, right? Yeah, and not, 
not in terms of pampering, but in terms of activating them. Give them mm. things to do. Give them a voice. Give yeah. them a task. Give them very compact input and say, okay, this is the situation we're in. Now go and, uh, and find solutions. Play it out. Sketch it. Do whatever you want. You want. And, and, and that's the modern meeting, I think, uh, I'm not yeah. very good in predicting the future. I think that's nonsense in a way. <laughs> you can't predict because um, black black swans will be there every now and then, and that will devastate any prediction that you have. I mean, yeah. COVID and the online explosion, no, no one predicted this. But what you can say is what are the, what are the elements right now the, the big, big elements that are fighting each other right now. Mm -hmm. And we are all responsible for the outcome of this fight, knowing that unpredictable things will happen. And that is how I'm, I'm looking at the future. Now, what I see is uh, uh, there's a strong need now, a strong need to, to be more active. And uh, we, we, know, uh, we know that online is doing a lot of things. You can share information online. Pretty good. So if you put people under the same roof, what are you going to do then? Share information again? Nonsense. So you need to find new ways of activating people, making them really happy, and making them uh, resourceful and and uh, and uh, yeah, valuable for the organization and for themselves as well. Yeah, truly participate rather than attend, right? Or just yeah. kind of absorb. We 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 found that my my in a way my motto is from an audience to a contribution. An okay. audience, we know, an audience is the word that refers to the Latin of uh, auditore of a listening. Mm -hmm. And there's no in English, there's no uh, in Dutch either. There's no word for a group of people that will contribute. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years ago, I came up with the notion of contributions. Okay. That's a contributions. Now, turning people into contributions, that's a trick. That's we, that, we, that we, we need to learn this. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're writing about it and you're doing it actively. So, so happy to mm. hear about it. Eric, would love to get your recommendation for somebody else that we should have on the podcast as a guest. Yeah. Because um, we like to have our guests suggest other guests and kind of complete the circle or expand expand yeah. our bubble to reach more people yeah i've got i've got two two uh, recommendations one is pretty abstract the second one you you might find a solution for this <laughs> <laughs> we, we are we are banking at a um, at a bank that is trying to do um, acceptable banking let's let's call it that way and if you if you're gonna gonna go there for a meeting or about about your your assets, uh, then you go into a meeting room and one of the chairs is always empty because nature is there. Nature sits at that chair. And just by having that chair in the room, you feel that nature and the future of nature is in that room. And I think that's a good thing. That's, that's smart. That is smart. So first, my first guest would be invite nature. I don't know how, I don't know how you, how you could do that, but have a, have a chat with nature. Okay. Um, and the second one is probably more practical. Um, 
try to find a meeting participant. Um, uh, so not not someone, not a supplier, not a meetings industry person, not an agency, not etc. Not me, not you, but someone who's who is who's a regular visitor of big international meetings and just talk to these people. Maybe you have to invite two or three of them, or I don't know. I don't know. It's not it's not that practical either, Miguel, but but I think it's it would be worth really talking to them. Uh, um, we we did a pharmaceutical a conference for a big pharmaceutical once, and uh, we said uh, we want to talk to your doctors, your participants first before coming up with the design. That was really difficult because you have all these regulations. So we proposed let's during the conference let's talk to doctors and just interview them about what they think about this conference, and that that was a regular medical conference. <laughs> And our client said, no, 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 that's impossible. These doctors are all assholes and they don't want to talk to you and et cetera. And he said, well, we said, Can we, can't we try? Allow us to just have a couple of chats. And they said, okay, do that. And then we did it. I hired someone and we had over 60 chats and only one doctor was an actual asshole. All others were really nice people. And they were really willing to share their thoughts and there was one overcompelling desire and they said we don't want to have all these research outcomes presented anymore we want to talk to each other that is our wish now the motto here is talk if you talk to um to participants really in depth then you're going to discover what meetings what meetings need to be so I, I would recommend for you, Miguel, to find find one of these doctors or whatever, someone who, who's who's capable of sharing what he what he's looking for in the meeting. I don't know. That's I like that, it. That I think it's it'll be yeah, a kind of a group of professionals that are not linked to the meetings industry. I think that's the secret, yes. right? And then yeah. let attend yeah. meetings. I mean, I recall um, seeing this really funny thread on Twitter. I don't know if you came across this, which was um, initially during the COVID pandemic, somebody said, oh, I'm um, my my wife, I think, or my husband maybe um, is doing a, a virtual conference online. So I'm going to walk into the room and turn on the lights and off and open the window and make the room really cold and then make the room really hot. And I'm going to serve them really bad food just to kind of emulate what a real conference is like. And then people started jumping in with kind of suggestions and it became this huge thread of kind of like horrible things that really happen at conferences that you sort of we just take for granted or just there mm. and you know of course some of them were very kind of satire and kind of um you know kind of ridiculing the whole situation but i thought it was fascinating because it's like this we assume that we put people in convention centers and they have a great time and they go to this conference but people notice that a lot of stuff is really crappy and it's not great yes. to be in those situations and when you start talking about them they realize ah, okay the the vision or the the image they have of conferences and events Yes, it's good in many ways, but it also has these things that really annoy people. And so it was yeah. really interesting to get that kind of perspective. Mm. So maybe we'll, um, we'll find whoever wrote that and, and invite them on the podcast yes, and have yeah, a sort yeah, of yeah, participant. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good idea. That would be an entrance. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, Eric. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for joining All us right. today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and uh, yeah, good luck with the book. Yeah. Hopefully you sell a lot and, uh, yep. and hopefully we'll see you soon again. Hey, Miguel, thanks. It was a joy. Bye-bye.